Welcome to the Confidently You podcast. I invite you to join me, Amber, your host on a journey of coming home to your confident self. I'm so fulfilled with helping you transform your life by exploring your true potential and embodying the highest expression of your unique energy. With this podcast, you will find inspiration to own the magic of your individuality, master your mind and energy, and manifest the life you once thought was impossible. I'm here to tell you that confidence is not something that you earn, rather something you can unlearn. Unlearn the bullshit stories that play on repeat that stop you from living life on your terms and taking action with confidence. So if you love human design, manifestation, and shit that blows your mind, then you are exactly where you are meant to be. I already know we're going to evolve to a whole other level together. So without further ado, let's take the next step on your journey of becoming confidently you. Hello, Confident Soul. Welcome back to another episode of the Confidently You podcast. My name is Amber, and I am your host on your confidence building journey. And today I have a very special guest on the podcast today. Um, Her name is Lizzie Kangro, and she is an international expert nutritionist, wellness coach, and author who is passionate about empowering women to ditch the diets, silence their inner mean girl, and confidently step into the body they love. Her new book, Reclaim the Rebel, walks you through 12 game-changing, rebellious acts to easily achieve this even if you spent years at war with your body. And if you know me, this was me in the past for many years of my life as I struggled with disordered eating, low self-worth, low self-confidence, body image, etc. You name it, I've been there. And Lizzie has her own story about struggling with um, disordered eating. She touches on that inside of our episode. And um, this was a really great conversation. You know, Lizzie and I have never met before. Uh, her publicist uh, reached out to me to um, to propose that she come onto the podcast. And when I read her bio, I was like, yep, definitely want to connect with this woman and have her on the podcast because I know that her energy is is needed. And so we had her on and I had such a great conversation with her. And despite the fact, you know, not knowing really much about her, I just knew and I read her bio like, yep, this is going to be good. And I looked up her human design and saw that she is a 6'2 splenic projector. And I was like, boop. Yep, that is indicator number two that this is going to be a good episode. You really see her her leadership and her guidance shining through in that true projector fashion. So yeah, Lizzie and I talk about, you know, we talk about all things confidence. We talk about why we have low self-confidence. We talk about what she calls the mean girl Uh, mean girl stories that go on in our head that are stopping us from achieving our sense of confidence and reclaiming that confidence through rebelling against that mean girl. We talk about um, confidence in relation to clothing, womb space, beauty. So we bust some beauty myths, you know. I could go on, but you know what? I think I'm just going to leave it at there and let you have a listen in to this episode with Lizzie. So... Ah, without further ado, please welcome Lizzie Kangro to the Confidently You podcast. Hello, Lizzie. Welcome to the Confidently You podcast. I am so excited that we are able to virtually connect and that I can have you on the show today. Um, so welcome. And I'd love to open up it with our episode and ask you, as I ask all of my guests, what makes you feel most confident? Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me um, and for your listeners to tuning in. It's really a pleasure to be here. Um, So great, great question. What makes me feel most confident? And I would probably say because ever since I was little, I absolutely loved to dance. And dancing is something that just connects to my soul. (laughs) It's like, it's a deep, deep connection. And so whenever I'm feeling a little bit, um, you know, down, need a pick me up, I put on some cheesy 90s music and dance my little heart out to, you know, some of my favorite songs. And that always gives me 
a confidence boost. It raises my vibration and in turn, it increases my confidence. Um, it really connects me with my body, what it, you know, what it does for me and puts me in gratitude for really um, what I'm, what I'm able to do in it and how I'm able to experience it. So I would say dancing is a, is a great one for that. That's my kind of go-to. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I love dance as well, because dance is a way that we connect with our sacral, uh, creative sexual energy. And it's in that creative energy that our confidence is born. So it's mm -hmm. very interesting to me that you have drawn that parallel and that you've just allowed yourself to embody that energy about you. So mm, love that answer. Um, yeah, so you are on here today. We're going to be talking about body confidence, feeling confident in the power of your body, which look at us, we've already started talking about that. Um, <laughs> and you have recently published a book called Reclaim the Rebel. And I'd love so if you could open up and share with us, like, what's your story behind your book, your, um, your practice, all of that? What's what brought you to where you are at today? Yeah, uh, thank you. So um, I feel like like many people in the personal development and, and health world, um, my passions began with my own journey. So just to backtrack, I am lovingly referred to as the self-love sister. Um, I help empower women to confidently step into the body that they love. And the reason why I'm so passionate about what I do is because I've been on my own journey to achieving body confidence. So really that all kind of began as a teenager. Um, I mention it a little bit in more detail in my book, but um, as a 14 year old, my granddad died all of a sudden from um, a heart attack. And um, I thought in my naivety that I had something to do with that because my granddad was going through chemotherapy for lung cancer and to make him feel better, I baked him a lemon drizzle cake because it was his favorite. And um, he completely devoured the lemon drizzle cake, absolutely loved it. Um, and then a couple of days later, I was staying with my other grandparents and across the country and my dad walks in the door and he says, I'm, I'm really sorry, but, um, you know, I wanted to come and tell you that granddad died of a heart attack um, this morning. And, you know, I, uh, there was something in me that thought, you know, I had, I had contributed to that through the cake. So I made a personal promise to myself that that would never happen again and um, began researching online well it was mainly actually at that point um through magazines a little bit kind of um you know through the internet on how to be healthy mm -hmm. and you can kind of see where this is going mm -hmm. I developed a very unhealthy relationship with food which is ironic because that's what I was trying to achieve um but it resulted in a 10-year eating disorder mm -hmm. and I became very ill um and you know use food and exercise as a form of self-abuse and um you know after I recovered um and really that was spurred on by the fact that I had developed osteoporosis by the time I was 22 and that really shocked me and um it caused me to you know really think about how I was nourishing myself physically um, and actually retrain as a nutritionist. So I stepped into that. I, you know, learned how to um, fuel myself properly um, and actually my bone health improved. But even then, I was still um, not confident in my body. I didn't have that body confidence that I really craved. I wanted to feel at peace with myself, look at myself in the mirror and like who I saw. Um, I wanted to be in the photographs and have those memories, but I was hiding. Like I, I really did hate the way that I looked. So I knew that there was something wrong because at this point I was a nutritionist and, and fitness instructor and I was telling women, you know, how to physically look after themselves, but there was something missing on the, um, the mindset aspect. So that began another journey into really looking at how I'm speaking to myself 
and um, all of the kind of inner mean girl stories that I had been um, feeding my brain with since I was a kid. And as a result, I really did quickly, I think it was within a year, transform my mindset. And as a result, I can now look at myself in a whole different way. Or um, as I mentioned in, in my book, I physically took my glasses off because um, I was using glasses to hide my features, hide my face because I didn't want to be seen because I was so embarrassed about my body. Um, but as a result of kind of, you know, upgrading my mindset, reframing the negative stories to positive and learning how to silence my inner mean girl, I was able to confidently step into um, the body that I love without having to go on a diet without having to go through cosmetic surgery, you know, all of the things that um, as women, we're kind of sold as the antidote to um, not feeling confident in, in our bodies. Um, so I'm here to help women <laughs> um, really know that there's another way um, that doesn't involve buying into products and programs that are not serving them and kind of intrinsically um, feeding that belief still is not good enough, right? Every time we buy into a diet or, you know, buy a product, it's actually saying, you know, I believe that I'm not good enough. So it's really keeping that cycle alive. And what I do is, you know, teach women how to break that cycle and, and really create that freedom in their life so that they can just enjoy, you know, their bodies, enjoy life, you know, have the relationships and health and happiness that they all deserve. Showing them how to, what I call strengthen the foundation in their house of confidence. Mm. I like to think of confidence as this house. So you have both the foundation underneath the house that supports the house, right? And that's your internal world. That's your inner reality. It's your mind. Um, it's your unconscious. Whereas the house that sits on top of the foundation is your external reality it's and the bigger and stronger your foundation the greater and more magnificent the house that you can build on top um, whereas when you have that false sense of confidence so that rocky foundation a strong wind comes by your house is gonna blow down right um I love what you said oh what was it um I wrote down letting go I took some notes while you were ready <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you were, oh, letting go of that mean girl language, um, you were, you were talking about, um, after I had my son, um, this must've been about eight months or so after I gave birth to my son, I was still like carrying some of the pregnancy. Um, I wasn't, um, concerned about it at all. I knew that I was very healthy. Um, that weight was coming off, uh, progressively after that, after he was born. But I really know, um, after, um, I let go of a toxic friendship. At the time, something that was a really heavy burden that was on me that's, you know, looking at it from a spiritual aspect, it was really like weighing me down and holding me back from tapping into my potential. And I really noticed that after I let that relationship go, so did a lot of the rest of the pregnancy weight. I mean, and there wasn't a whole lot there to begin with, but I noticed like, okay, this is like something that I really let go. And I've noticed what a domino effect that it has on your life when you are releasing that negativity and whatnot. So I'd love to hear, you know, like, what are some of those mean girl stories that we are telling ourselves? Or what's some of that language? What are some of those behaviors that women tend to have that are holding them back from stepping into their confident self? Yeah, I thank you so much for sharing that, because I feel like there is that element of, you know, reclaiming our confidence first of all which I think um, is amazing something amazing that you stand for but also saying that you know you've got to at some point let go of some stuff you know let's it, it may be tricky but we can we can hang on to things that weigh us down physically and energetically and so it's about reclaiming and releasing reclaiming what does serve us and releasing what doesn't so I just mm -hmm. want to say that's that's an amazing story and you know it's it's so so important to to all of us um mm -hmm. and you know some of the stories that we're kind of holding on to and that we need to let go of um in answer to your question can relate from anything from um you know for me my big story was i'm not pretty enough 
I had this huge story, which is why, you know, by the age of 11 years old, I was researching these expensive anti-aging eye creams <laughs> to try and fix my perceived bags under my eyes. Um, just because, you know, some kids in the playground one day commented that I looked like one of the teachers. So I interpreted that, that I looked old, that, you know, I needed to, you know, fix myself in some way and, and all of these stories are related to I'm not good enough I need to fix myself so some women may not have a story about their facial features but it may be about um, you know their stretch marks postpartum you know oh my goodness my stomach looks so ugly um, or it might be like my boobs are saggy I've had that one with a client before and you know she was being told by her friends you need to have um, plastic surgery like us, cos cosmetic surgery, that will fix it. But she was like, I don't really want to go through that because of the risks of the expense, all of these things. Is there something else that I can do? So that's one example of the kind of the negative story that maybe women are telling themselves. Um, you know, some women will say that they need a thigh gap. Um, their mm. thighs are too big. Um, the big ones, I think, for women in terms of the, like body hang ups are, are thighs, um, bum, and boobs, and probably stomach. Um, but, you know, it really is a very personal, personal thing. And I've seen so many different stories out there. So I would encourage listeners to really think about, you know, what are the top three stories that they're telling themselves um, about their bodies. And, and most often it will be negative stories about not good enough or needing to fix something. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because the most powerful story that you ever hear is the story that you tell yourself. And when that, that story has the power to either undermine or champion your every move. And when you have that mean girl language or those mean, mean girl stories, as you call them, like you really are diminishing your confidence and therefore diminishing your potential, your power, all of that, your prosperity, your potential for prosperity, all of that is diminished when you have those negative stories on repeat in your head. And it's so interesting because, and it makes me sad, it makes me feel a little bit sad because even girls that are younger than the age of seven, you know, they're already hearing these stories about how you have to look a certain way, how you have to behave a certain way, or their, their power, their confidence is already being silenced. Mm -hmm. I really believe that we are born confident and confidence is something that you have to unlearn because by the time that you realize that you're lacking confidence, it's because you've already been so disconnected from your authentic self and you need to get back to who that person is. You need to unlearn those bullshit stories that are playing on repeat in your head. And, you know, so much of our programming happens before that age of seven. And we need to start looking at how we are talking to girls and, and boys, not, not just girls, but, you know, talking to young girls and boys and helping them stay connected to their authenticity because that is their most confident self. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at a newborn baby, they love themselves, you know, mm -hmm. they're like sticking their feet in their mouth and looking at themselves in the mirror and they just have this wonder about their bodies. And so you're 100% correct. You know, it's something that we unlearn. And so it's all about reclaiming. And that's why Reclaim the Rebel is called Reclaim the Rebel. You know, it's rebelling against the stories of the inner mean girl and what you were mentioning, the, you know, things around us, the stories of, you know, our parents, our uh, friends, teachers, and saying, no, I'm going to reclaim what I had when I was born. It's our natural birthright to love ourselves, to have mm. confidence. Um, and as I say, you know, there are those two elements of, you know, the external world um, that plays a big, big part in, in our programming, um, especially up to the age of, you know, seven, eight. And then there's this inner mean girl that kind of maintains those programs. Yeah. Um, and, and she's not necessarily a, a bad thing to have, you know, she's not a bad voice necessarily. She's not very helpful, but what she's really doing is she's trying to keep us safe mm -hmm. because, um, predictable is safe. Right. So if she plays the predictable stories um, that we've learned from childhood, 
that's in in survival sense keeping us safe because we know what to expect we know that this is the story and this kind of feels safe to our subconscious but it doesn't feel very nice right Mm -hmm. so the key is to recognize our inner mean girl and go oh okay I see you I hear you but I'm gonna create a new story here which I know it feels a little bit unsafe, but we're okay. You know, we are enough, you know, it's, it's going to be fine to feel good in our bodies. It's, <laughs> it's not a problem and move through that experience because I feel like even as somebody who has gone through years of personal development, I still get an inner mean girl voice pop up once in a while and I think it's very unrealistic to expect that we're never going to have a negative thought about our bodies ever Um, but when my inner mean girl does pop up I can move through that experience a lot quicker than you know 10 years ago when I was really I would go into that negative spiral of not good enough not good enough not good enough Um, and I think that's really what it is all about is you know part of that reclamation process is um having the self-compassion and giving yourself grace to realize that you know it's not a matter of having perfect thoughts all the time we are human after all Mm -hmm. but how do we move ourselves into that state of unconditional Mm self-love does that make does that make sense oh yeah absolutely I am a firm believer and I probably said a million million times on this podcast that self-awareness is the ultimate superpower because when you have enough self-awareness you can bypass 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 the harsh side effects of conditioning you can choose to be an observer you can choose to be that screen instead of a sponge you can choose to observe okay observing the negative thought I see you boo yep I see you creeping into my mind but I'm gonna let that go I'm not gonna be that sponge this time I'm not gonna allow myself to go into that negative spiral I'm gonna allow myself to have that moment of of that down feeling but then I'm gonna let it go and I'm gonna find and come back to myself because I know what I know what my truth is that's that that's just so beautiful and I I think really that's that's kind of the ultimate goal it's kind of moving us towards that I call it the Goldilocks zone right as um having that balance between you know completely you know getting into a a negative spiral of self-judgment and self-doubt and fear and criticism over our bodies Um, But also maybe going the other extreme, which is, you know, the disordered eating, um, over exercising, um, you know, really kind of going, going the other direction. It's about kind of that Goldilocks zone as balancing our thoughts and and recalibrating and getting back into alignment. Mm, I like that. Initially, it didn't click for me. Like, what does she mean? The Goldilocks zone. But then I realized, (laughs) oh, right. Too hot that's too cold. You want it right in the middle. Yeah, that's good. I like that. I like that. Um, I think, would you say what you're referring to, like toxic positivity, like that being the other end of the spectrum, like ignoring, choosing to ignore the negative thought because ignoring it isn't going to make it go away. That's just suppressing it and hiding. Um, So giving yourself permission to still have those feelings, but not to get stuck in those feelings. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of um, your inner mean girl is like a toddler. If you ignore her, she's just going to scream even more. Right. Uh, I know that. (laughs) It's not actually helpful to stuff these things down um, because that can actually um, cause you know, physical issues in our body in terms of illness and retention of stress, but it's also not dealing with the emotion and it's just going to build up inside of you and then ultimately will erupt (laughs) and and that won't feel comfortable either so Mm -hmm. I think it can it requires a lot of bravery to actually acknowledge some of those um emotions within us but Mm -hmm. if we're able to do so and then kind of process through them then that that's kind of the the antidote to um having low body confidence is just consistently being able to choose your thoughts like you choose your clothes in the morning right you can go into the closet 
and um, pick out what fits you, what feels good to you today. Mm -hmm. And you can do that with your thoughts, you know, try on different thoughts. And if it doesn't feel good and fit you, then don't wear it. I love that you brought up clothes because that was going to be one of the next things I wanted to ask you about was embodiment. I, the last episode that I published on the podcast was, or maybe it was the one before, whichever. Recently, I published an episode talking about how you can use clothes as a form of an embodiment practice. I, I call it um, embodying your alter ego or embodying like the confident version of yourself, which clothes are representing that future version of yourself that you can be today and to help manifest what it is that you're calling in from the future, how can you be that person today? And I know, and I, as I mentioned before we started recording, I've read the first couple of chapters in your book and you talk about this as well. So I'd love to hear your perspective about that. Absolutely, yeah. So I think um, Rebellious Act 2 is all about rewriting your story. And right at the end, I talk about creating an alter ego and, and stepping into that, so embodying the version of yourself who loves her body unconditionally. And one of the tools that you can use to do that is to, you know, dress up or dress down, mm-hmm. whatever feels good to you. Um, again, I feel like the fashion industry and the clothing industry um, kind of sets a, an ideal and a standard for how you should be. Um, but, you know, everybody has a different way of feeling good in their in their in their clothing in the makeup that they wear or don't wear you know um so I think it's about really thinking okay so what does the version of me who loves her body unconditionally what is she wearing like what is her skincare routine like does she paint her nails does she do her hair like how how is she physically showing up in the world and representing herself and then using your clothes, your makeup, your skincare to, to embody that. Um, and again, what's beautiful about this is that it's different for everybody. Like I, for example, really love my yoga pants <laughs> and, you know, sports bras that, and that makes me feel confident in my body, but for other women, it will be wearing, you know, heels and a dress and that's okay. You know, if that makes you feel good, that's, that's what, you do right Mm -hmm. um so I think you know clothing is such a powerful way to express yourself and express that um higher version of you that you really want to embody um I have a friend who is a, a style coach and she talks about how we can use colors to represent the version of ourselves that we want to become so for some people you know they feel empowered in you know black some people feel empowered with you know bright colors and you can really have fun with clothing and again that's something that I think as little girls sometimes that gets taken away from us because um this is actually an experience that I mentioned in my book I remember being like a I think it was about seven or eight and going to a party and I was worried because my, the color of my bag didn't match the color of my dress. And my um, nan said to me, oh, careful that you're not gonna get too vain. Um, mm. and, and I think that is a kind of um, a, a shame story or a concern of a lot of women that caring about the way that we look or sort of, um, uh, yeah, sort of having having clothing that represents us is a sign of vanity, and also you know loving ourselves unconditionally. That that whole piece is um, being vain. And so, how do we move through that? Well, <laughs> again, that's a story. Do we really want to own that story? Is you know feeling at peace and um, confident and happy and feeling sexy in our bodies is that being vain not really no beauty (laughs) is not vanity right exactly Mm. um and so I see a lot of women you know once they start on this journey these different layers of the onion kind of start to get peeled back you know it it I give very kind of simple and very powerful tools to them um, you know, the rebellious acts in Reclaim the Rebel. 
but once we start down that road as you know dressing as our um, empowered self you know looking in the mirror and starting to tell our bodies that we love it you know rewriting our stories things will come up <laughs> things that yeah. we didn't even realize were there because they're part of our subconscious programming that we learn as kids so I think it's hugely hugely interesting um, and that's where giving ourselves grace again is really really important because it's not about you know um, it's not a linear process and it's not about perfection. It's about, you know, a human, very human journey to achieving body confidence. Mm. Some days you'll feel amazing. Other days you'll be crying on the floor <laughs> because you feel frustrated. Mm -hmm. um, so how do we move through those experiences and, you know, get more of those days where we feel absolutely incredible because it's a hundred percent possible. I, if women come away from listening from this podcast with one thing, I really want them to know and be empowered to know that they can completely achieve body confidence. If a 10, if someone who had anorexia for 10 years and self-abusive thoughts, the many, many more can come on and say, I have unlimited body confidence, then you can too. <laughs> it is entirely possible. Absolutely. There's so much that I want to say to what you just talked about. Um, again, I was taking notes. <laughs> so, much stuff. So, um, so you were talking about colors. I'll start with that. I find that super interesting because my great grandmother, who is still alive, she is a herbologist or was a herbologist. And one of the things that she did in her practices was use color therapy. So she would shine like certain lights on people. I don't know what the specific light did, but I know to this day, even with her clothes, even though she doesn't shine lights on herself anymore or other people anymore, she wears clothes that have specific energetic qualities to them. So for example, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, red is good for blood flow. So stimulating blood flow in the body um, and orange is a motivating color. So helps to stimulate that motivational energy in you. And so I think that's super interesting, you know, with your friend, that's that style style coach, did you say? Yes. Yeah. She's incredible. Um, and I, and your grandmother sounds absolutely incredible too. I want to meet her. It's <laughs> really cool. Um, yeah. but yeah, color is, color is powerful and it's very interesting how we get drawn to certain colors. I think, um, when I realized, um, that my color is pink, pink mm -hmm. is the color of self-love. <laughs> yes, really, yes, 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 yes. I have. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I see you. Um, I I have a rose quartz space roller that I use every single day and charge on a full moon and all of that kind of good stuff. Um, yes. uh, yeah, all the Speaking language. <laughs> um, and and, and it, it is, it's powerful. Color is, it, it's got energy to it. Yes, totally. And you know what, so you were talking about, um, you know, you know, maybe that's using makeup or maybe that's your skincare or maybe it's your clothes, whatever that is that makes you feel beautiful. You know, I want to continue on the thought that beauty is not vanity. And it's very interesting, and you know, because this podcast does primarily speak to women. I want to bring up the idea that women have a physiological vaginal response to beauty. Beauty, we in our womb space, we literally have a physiological response when we see something that is either aesthetically or naturally beautiful. And when we feel that response in us, and when it's a positive response, so when we feel safe, um, when we feel seen, when we feel honored and valued, that increases our confidence. And so when, you know, as much as I focus on building confidence on the inside when you do get to a point where you're when you're bringing more attention to your external beauty as well that does have a physiological impact on your level of confidence because of your relationship with your womb space and so you know I hope that one little fact in general like there's significant scientific studies that talk about this that they can 
they can physically measure what's called the vaginal pulse. And so, and beauty has a huge influence on that. So if you are listening to this podcast and you think that beauty is vanity, it is not. It is literally one of the ways that you connect with that sacred part of yourself. I, I love that. That's it's part of our, our divine feminine essence, right? Mm-hmm. And I, what I do is kind of the secret to kind of just, I, I think I change my posture and I show up differently. But mm-hmm. ever since I was a teenager, I always had like matching bra and panties and no one else sees it, but I've got it. And I feel great because it just, it just feels nice. I feel put together. Um, and it's that kind of, again, it's an energy. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of connecting to our femininity as, as I'm hearing you say. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a Taurus as well, like I like nice things too. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like love and, you know, all of the kind of connections with, um, you know, the, the, the fabrics and the, Um, textures and all of that kind of stuff can be really fun to just kind of play around with as well you know and just really enjoying that experience of you know buying yourself a nice you know pair of underwear or you know if it's um you know leggings that you love to 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 buy then then great but yeah absolutely like if you see yourself as beautiful then that will create more joy, more confidence and have a runaway effect in terms of your health and overall sense of wellness. But also imagine what it's like for your relationships, how you'll show up differently at work. You know, it's so powerful. Women are so powerful in general. Absolutely. Yes. And when you have, when you feel that sense of beauty in yourself, when you, when you, when you have that elevation of confidence, that domino effect then leads to you feeling more comfortable being seen by others and and being um, being that empowering leader to others. You know, I really think that confidence it's it's not an emotion; it's an energy. It's an energy that a person has about themselves. And when a person has that true sense of confidence, so when they have that strong foundation versus the false sense of confidence, when you have that true sense of confidence you empower other people simply by being your authentic self. And that is a, that leads by example and shows other people like, Hey, you can see me. You're seeing me as my authentic self. I'm giving you permission to be seen as your authentic self. And that all is cultivated from that sense of self love. Mm, That's so beautiful. I love the topic of authenticity because in a world that tells us you know we shouldn't show up as ourselves we're not good enough actually again that's a very brave and courageous thing to to be able to do and to say I am unapologetically showing up as my true um, authentic being and as you say you know once we do that we give others permission Um, not that they need permission but they feel like they have that opening to be able to share and and be vulnerable um because it is it is a vulnerable thing to to go hey well this is me (laughs) um and I found that not only in terms of just kind of my confidence but also in terms of you know the more vulnerable aspects of my story you know for a long time I was ashamed of saying oh yeah I I had an eating disorder and worried what people would think because now I'm a nutritionist and blah 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 but as soon as I started to share more people said oh yeah um I've had that experience too or I've had a similar experience and you just build so many incredible connections through being vulnerable being authentic mm-hmm. um and I think in a, in this world that's what a lot of us are also craving is that connection and that sense of community um women for so long I feel have been um energetically disconnected from one one another and it's Mm -hmm. just so beautiful to be in spaces like this um and and other places where you know women can come together and go I'm with you I'm not competing against you let's all grow together and I think that's that's amazing yeah it's collaboration over competition and 
you're more likely to be accepting and open to that collaboration when you have that own sense of self love yourself because how because if you don't then that mm, that collaboration is going to feel like a competition you know there's that fear that pops up and the comparisonitis oh the comparisonitis mm. oh the comparisonitis yes or shitting on yourself um where you look at other women and go oh well I don't look as you know slim as her or I'm not as pretty as her or my boobs don't look like that and da 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 da, da. um you know I, I use the metaphor as you know the sun and the moon um both shine their own unique light but you just can't compare them <laughs> yeah. so why are you trying to compare yourself to other women and I think you know in a patriarchal society that we've kind of been um living in and our mothers and our grandmothers and so many generations have lived in before us it's almost been designed for women to compare themselves against others and to pit themselves against other women and and now it's kind of no everybody deserves to feel good you know it's not a competition and you know why why are we doing this it doesn't feel good for anybody I mean I don't think I have ever met anybody who feels good after comparing themselves to a bunch of other women mm -hmm. because there's always going to be somebody who has something that we don't have and then what Absolutely. I was listening to Brene Brown the other day. Oh, I love Brene love Brown. Brene Brown. <laughs> She's so good. She's so Amazing. good. Uh, I'm trying to remember what she said exactly, but she was talking about com um, comparisonitis and how when you are either comparing someone for not being enough, so in terms of like putting other people down versus also the comparison of like looking up to people like whoa look at what that person has and look what i don't there's actually no difference in between the two because both of those are simply a reflection of you not looking at yourself you're instead focusing your attention on other people and comparing yourself to them and dishonoring who you are as an individual and of course oh that's not what she said verbatim what she said of somehow was more profound than that but <laughs> um I it just really stuck with me whatever she said and um you know I watched her also her TED talk about vulnerability and I was like or it was like earth shattering to watch that she's so brilliant I I, I love Brene Brown and I think that's wonderful you know that idea of you know we're actually looking outside of us in all of these situations so really the question becomes how do we bring it back to internally validating ourselves and mm. and and a way that I love to do that is through gratitude you know what do I have right now that I am grateful for and that's kind of goes to brings our conversation full circle you know being in my body dancing is a really great way that I connect to that gratitude and go I have the legs to dance I have you know the ears to listen to the music all of that kind of side of things because then we're focusing internally on what we do have as opposed to externally and going oh well I lack that I don't have that um and actually saying like I'm a whole human <laughs> I'm, I'm not broken and 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 that's a huge message as well like I am I don't need fixing I don't need to go over and, and have what she has because look at all the amazing things that I can be grateful for about my body mm -hmm. and also to have the awareness that when you see when you value aspects or characteristics about someone else it's because you see that within well you unconsciously see that within yourself perception is projection you can't recognize traits in other people without first recognizing them in yourself so give yourself a pat on the back if you see like oh i really admire that person for being so confident i admire that person for um being an ad like being able to advocate for themselves to speak up for themselves to set boundaries it's like boo you got that too you got that superpower too and the fact that you can see that in someone else means that you're already one step closer to awakening that energy that is within yourself 
Absolutely. I feel like that's a mic drop moment. <laughs> I get Brene Brown. I love, I love you, Brene, but that's a mic drop moment. That's like an Amber quote. <laughs> I think, no, but that's so true, right? You know, a, a knife doesn't know it's a knife until you put it against bread and it cuts, you know, sometimes we um, require to see it in others before we see it in ourselves, our, our characteristics. Um, and, you know, what a beautiful, you know, way of thinking about it, that you already have those traits that you admire in others within you. It's just a matter of unlocking it, reclaiming it. Reclaiming it through rebellious acts. Love yes. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything that you want to touch on? Anything that you want to share with our listeners? Um, I feel like, you know, self-love is something that a lot of people kind of roll their eyes at. And the reason why is because we haven't been shown how to, you know, it's kind of a, a flashy Instagram hashtag, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of us are like, well, is it, first of all, is it possible? Yes, it is. We covered that. But also how do I do it? And what I'm all about is making sure that you have the simple, easy tools to equip you to move that needle along to, you know, even when you're a busy mom, even when you're a busy professional, you know, you have a lot of other things going on in your life. You know, you can literally have five minutes and apply some of these tools to boost your self-love. And I actually have um, a quiz on my website. If you go to nutritionbylizzie.com forward slash quiz, where um, you can take your self-love language quiz and discover what your self-love language is and use that on yourself, um, you know, five minutes a day, again, um, in a way that's personalized to you so that you can boost your self-love levels easily, um, no complicated routines, um, and do it in a way that's meaningful to you. So, um, you probably heard of the five love languages by mm -hmm. Gary Chapman. I was reading it and I, I thought, well, hang on a second. This is an amazing concept of, you know, using your partner's primary love language to show that you love them. But how about if we turn that around and used our own primary love language on ourselves? Mm -hmm. How would that work? Mm -hmm. So I, my primary love language and self-love language is gift giving. Love Christmas, love giving gifts. And so I tried out this theory by taking myself on a, on a shopping trip. And until that point, I would never dream of buying myself anything other than the necessities. And it just felt so good to be like, I'm going to gift you. I actually, I bought myself a pair of yoga pants. Mm -hmm. um, and I still do that. You know, it doesn't have to always be a pair of yoga pants. Sometimes I'll go down the road and buy myself a Starbucks. Because to me, that's just symbolic of gifting myself something and saying, I love you in a way that my brain responds to. So other people's self-love language may be um, quality time, in which case, you know, sitting down to journal every morning um, may be a really great way of connecting with self-love. You know, it may be physical touch. So cuddling in a cozy heated blanket when it's cold, that might be a great way of displaying um, self-love. So my quiz really kind of goes into, you know, it takes two to three minutes and it goes into what kind of tools would really connect with you and be good in showing yourself love. So mm. if listeners are interested, it's uh, www.nutritionbylizzie.com forward slash quiz. So mm. thank you for that. That is a really good idea because I mean, yeah, it's great to understand the love languages and especially if you have a partner to be able to speak their love language, but ultimately you're only going to receive as much love as you give yourself. So you have to start with giving that self-love to yourself. And again, coming to the awareness, I want to gain awareness about what is my love language so that I can start giving that self-love to myself. So that is a really cool idea. Um, you already kind of briefly touched on it with a few things, but I'd love to give you some space to share, um, you know, where can people find your book? How can we connect with you, et cetera? Oh, thank you so much. Um, so I love chatting, as you can probably tell. <laughs> so if you want to continue the conversation, um, I'm on Instagram at Nutrition by Lizzie. 
uh, Lizzie is with a Y. Um, and then um, you can find my book, Reclaim the Rebel, on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, there's plenty of goodies on my website um, that you can check out for free. So all of those things. <laughs> mm. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It has been a delight to chat with you today. Yeah. So, and I look forward to staying connected with you. I followed you on Instagram. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I will follow you back because, you know, as I say, it's, it's really a pleasure to kind of meet you and join your audience. And we definitely need to uh, keep chatting about the woo because. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I'm always excited I, I, when I hear people like open to open to the woo. And I was listening to one of your earlier podcasts and I heard that you're a projector and I am also a projector. So you too. <laughs> you're a 6'2", two, six two sleeping projector. I looked it up. Do you know what that all means? um I think it's I have a rough sense of it um but it's kind of it's an interesting one right because a six means that you're sort of like the sage um the you know, thought leader but then two is like the hermit so <laughs> it's a it's an interesting mix right yeah so that two part of you that's primarily what other people see you as they see you as being that hermit um whereas the, the sixth part of it it's got that three stages of life so the first stage of life is very experimental so going through the motions of life learning through hands-on experience and then the stage that you're in now the second stage of your life is between the ages of like 27 and 50 and that's when you find yourself coming on the roof and like being able to gain perspective about the experiences that you've had through the those first 27 28 years of your life and seeing like oh the light bulb moments that's why this happened for me instead of like why did this happen to me you know really gaining that perspective and then the third stage of your life you come down from that roof and really are that role model the six is the role models you really come down and and step into your most authentic self and it really what we were talking about is like leading by example about what it means to live authentically I love human design. So I was really excited <laughs> when I saw that, that you were a fellow projector and I was like, okay, this is going to be a great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be good. So yeah, we definitely need to talk more about this because <laughs> that's my, that's my MO. Love it. Love it. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on and yeah, listeners, I will connect with you on the next episode. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I am truly honored that you have entrusted me to fill your cup with all the good stuff. If this episode blew your mind, please show me some love by downloading and subscribing. A small, simple action that helps me share my mission with more people. Did you have any major breakthroughs? I want to hear about them by screenshotting this episode and tagging me on Instagram or Facebook. You can follow me on Instagram at confidently.amber for daily confidence building tips and updates about my workshops, programs, and freebies. I'm sending you so much love and gratitude, and I look forward to connecting in the next episode. Mwah.